So guys, welcome to episode 21 of the Humanity Jitsu podcast. And I'm joined today by the illustrious, the magnanimous, I don't even say know if that's a word, the <laughs> Speckledorfius, Keith Kavanagh. What's up, Keith? What's up, Andrew? Thanks for having me. I don't <laughs> well, even know what illustrious so means, to be honest. I, like, yeah, I'm not even sure, to be honest. I don't know. I think it's like kingly or something i don't know like uh that's okay very, right that's what it like uh, some illustrious. sort of royal yeah okay okay i get it don't quote me and it could be a thinly veiled insult and that slid under the radar who knows <laughs> me maybe <laughs> I almost um, yeah that would have been fantastic all of man that would have been the best spit take in the world like <laughs> yeah just yeah, there. <laughs> okay so so man do you want to give a quick uh rundown of where you're from and where you train in case someone wants to get around at you sometime um i am from drada in ireland i am a bit of a wanderer when i'm in ireland i've uh i train at like 10 planet carlo 10 planet dublin i just kind of go around primal is the local gym that i'll go to haven't been there in a while since quarantine alabama and whatnot I was over in Alabama, and I was supposed to still be in Alabama, but had to come home early with this uh, COVID stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of consider um, Alabama like the home gym, and I'd like to. I'm kind of like, uh, I want to have my own gym set up, probably end of this year, start of next year. Ooh, uh, is you just gonna call it Ten Planet Rider? Are you gonna have like a super duper special name like? Uh, uh, don't know. I don't it's know. definitely not going to be like Key Cabinet Jiu Jitsu or anything like that. I don't like. Uh, I'm not a fan of that stuff. But uh, so KK JJ? Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> Wait, what's what's your middle name? Does your middle name start with a K as well? Uh, no, but that would have been that would have been awful if I had to pick like my community name or, or my confirmation name. Is that it's Keith David D- Keith? I have three names, right? I'm, I'm going to get confused even saying this because I haven't even said it in so many years. Keith David Dylan Anthony was the confirmation name. Kavanagh. Yeah, I know. It's insane. <laughs> so my mother and father always talk about how they have like, before we were born, they put a lot of thought into like how the name sounds when it's being called for dinner and all this kind of stuff, which I think is bollocks, to be honest, because they were going to name me David, right, after my dad, which, right. yeah, David, it's it's easy on the ears, but instead... <laughs> imagine, everybody... if so, <laughs> imagine if someone called David walks in the door like, what? I know, yeah, but then, like, my sister, now, if she's calling me for dinner, is, and it's a big screech, and it's just like, you not put any thought into this at all, you say you did, but, like, I don't think he's did, you just went and picked, like, a word English language, like, it's just terrible. <laughs> Fucking hell. Man, we just, uh... This is all just a sidetrack to talk about names, and I, I don't even fucking know, remember my communion confirmation name. I fucking, I don't, don't know, hasn't come up in the past uh, <laughs> a 10 or so years, and it, I can't imagine it's that important. Yes, yeah. I get asked it on a podcast. I've never had to write it down anywhere. I just remember it because it was my granddad's name. That's the only reason. <laughs> Man, do you put that in on the IBGF? So if you ever compete there, like, do you ever see, like, the Brazilians are really long names? Like, did that just appear <laughs> on your thing? Imagine that. Am I more likely to get advantages in my favor if the name looks longer then? I don't know, but it, it's a gringo name. Like, uh, maybe how about uh, let's try to Brazilianize your name real quick. So uh, I don't Keith, think you can with Keith Kavanagh. Jesus, that's like the most like, I don't know. Uh, how about Carlos with a K? See, I've had Brazilians call me Kit. 
And I'm like, Kiet. Kiet? what? <laughs> Kiet. Uh, yeah, Kiet. Kiet. That, that's kind of good. How about, okay, what was the second one, David? David. Kiet, David. Kiet, David. Kiet, David. The fucking guy from Spawn. Kiet, David. Oh, no way. I never even put that together. No way. Oh, dude, he's the, and he voices Spawn in MK11, the DLC. Awesome. Yeah, no, no. I, I think the last one I got was MK10, to be honest. I haven't got MK11 yet. I just went into really deep into Fortnite for a few years, and then now I'm in Warzone territory right now. Man, one of my uh, friends, yeah, I told him you were coming on, and uh, he didn't even acknowledge the jiu-jitsu aspect of you. He's just like, man, he is very high level in Fortnite and Call of Duty. That's all. <laughs> that's that's all he gave a shit about. And I'm like, do you not even care that he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu? He's like, not really. <laughs> Uh, shit doesn't I, even I can, work. Uh, I could, uh, I could, uh, I could take it or leave it. I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, uh, I've got like some better feedback just from the the game and stuff I've put up over the last few weeks during quarantine than I have from a lot of jiu-jitsu stuff. So I'm like, okay, right, the people have spoken. I'm done with jiu-jitsu. I'm just gonna become a pro gamer. <laughs> my, my hands are tied. My hands are tied. I got. You're on broke. He's messaging me after every like gaming-related video I'll put up, just being like, "So he'll just be like, so you you're a pro gamer now? You retired from jiu-jitsu? You you out you out of the game? Here on broke. By the way, the worst jiu-jitsu player in the entire universe. That's well, if he's if he's so bad, how come he was the first episode of my podcast? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's the only person who'd say yes. <laughs> I didn't even have a good, smart answer to that. You just did it for me. That's that's perfect. No, I love Kieran Brown. Kieran Brown's looked after me when I've gone to Cork as well. He's a he's a good lad. I just like talking shit with him. Yeah, I've been to Brown's gym a few times. Great place. Love that man. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. The nerdiest bastard I've ever met, but he's a nerd <laughs> who can kill. He's a nerd that can kill me, so I can, I'll just keep that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay so to get back on track that <laughs> uh, guys we have 25... <laughs> no, I, I forgot about that pre-ramble we'll just okay so Kiet David what's the next one? Oh jesus no uh, i'm already past that i don't even know um i don't even know if you can do it to Kavanaugh. i don't think you can do it to Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh's too irish it's not even irish it's I think Kat David, and if you went and got a tan for a bit, they'd think you're like half Brazilian, half Irish or something. They'd, they'd, and if we just went like, yeah, well, American because Americans would always call me Cavana and stuff like that. We could make that into Cavana. a more Cavana. Like, so we could like make it a bit more flowy. Like, Kat David Cavana. It's, I, I don't even, that's a different person altogether now. That's not even me anymore. I like it. Get a tan and grow a mustache. That's, that's I tried to do a mustache before. I, I I committed to it for a few months and then it's just annoying. Don't want to deal with that ever, never. Uh, see, I'm gonna uh, all I can do is like a fucking semi part of the goatee. That's the best <laughs> I can handle. But like I'm trying to grow a beard. Like I'm just not shaving for a while. So you know that does me. But to get back on track, to end this little sidebar within sidebars. <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> how'd you get into martial arts and did you train anything before starting jujitsu? um years ago when i was like 10 11 12 ish i did kempo karate but then there was a few years where it was just none of that and it was just typical teenage acting bollocks going out and just drinking and all that kind of stuff then eventually i my brother-in-law who had done a bit of thai boxing um well actually started off he had started going out with my sister and then there was one night on halloween i was out with some of my friends at some sort of gig that was on and then he was out with my sister at some nightclub 
and they ran into her ex-boyfriend and ex-boyfriend is just giving him the death stare just kind of being a kind of instigating stuff but then david is no man to back down either so david's kind of like also giving him the same stuff back but it ends up with they kind of get into like a little scrap they get separated center separate ways and then as they're walking my sister and her boyfriend are walking back to the taxi rank they get hopped by homeboy and four of his friends so uh. <clears throat> The result of this was homeboy and four of his friends got the shit kicked out of him by David, basically. And after that, I just considered, I was like, oh, my God, David's an amazing fighter. He's such a, he's a superhero. Blah. And I knew that he did some Thai boxing. So eventually he convinced me to join an MMA gym. Same with one of my friends, Brady, also helped convince me. Joined a gym in Drada. Um, and jiu-jitsu was the thing that we were doing. Didn't have a clue what jiu-jitsu was. Just a no-gi jiu-jitsu class. Um eventually one of the guys who was the assistant coach gave me a, a mastering the twister and mastering the rubber guard dvd so like just eddie bravo's kind of like dvds and i just got stuck into them and while everyone else is kind of like doing their jiu-jitsu and like doing what we were learning in, in class i was learning the stuff in class and putting 100 percent effort in but i was also like oh we can learn this stuff online as well okay yeah i'll do that and then uh, i was just like going crazy into watching this stuff pulling out the mats and just trying to do whatever i can even if it was like just solo stuff and um, watching all kind of youtube stuff probably watched a bunch of shit as well and uh oh jesus um yeah just got hooked on the jiu-jitsu side of things eventually did some mma stuff which really the jiu-jitsu kind of was what i was just like super passionate about say was there anything in particular that you struggled with like any sort of technique or, or concept that just wasn't like uh wasn't getting in there in like in your early days um there's definitely a lot a, a lot of stuff like if you <clears throat> if you wanted to say like a specific technique head and arm chokes were just like that's something that you, you can't wrap your head around at a at early belts that you're not supposed to squeeze squeezing is there it's a weapon to use but if you aren't getting the submission and not getting the results that you wanted, everyone just thinks, like in the early days especially, well, now I squeeze, but there's usually a few things wrong that are that you're missing. Instead of just resort like it, um, Brandon says, see, I always just quote this man, Jesus Christ. So <laughs> Brandon always says that uh, like strength is good, strength is a weapon to use, but you just can't let it drive the bus. Technique has to drive the bus first, and then after that, you've got strength to add up on that. So head and arm chokes were definitely like frustrating for me to try wrap my head around because I knew I wasn't supposed to be squeezing, but I couldn't make them happen without squeezing. So whether it was a Dars, Anacondas, it was always just a case of I didn't want it to be a oh, my neck sort of submission. And I just wanted to have it perfect. Well, now I'm at this, like I, I'll get clean chokes, but also if you're going to, if I tap you and then afterwards, you're just like... And you do this old thing for like a few minutes and you're just holding your neck. You're not ready to roll again because I've done some horrible, horrible damage to your neck. And then like you don't even want to slap and bump with me next time. And it's just like too bad. So you're saying, so what you're saying is let strength, sorry, let's technique drive the bus and let strength be the drunken guy who's on the bus way too early in the morning. How would you even get drunk at nine in the morning? What the fuck? I don't know about the drunken guy analogy. I'm not sure, but uh, strength is just there uh, at the end. So um, I I really struggled with darses in in the gym for a long time. I struggled like I kept going for them, but I get frustrated because I didn't want to put this. Like I felt like I'd have things locked up pretty good, 
but I didn't want to put that squeeze on. I just wanted it like perfect. I didn't want to have to step over into mount. I just wanted it like the most perfect positioning on the darts. And I didn't have a high finish rate percentage whatsoever in the gym. But then when it came to competition, I was hitting darts a like not like a lot, but I hit some pretty good darts in competition. And I was talking to Brandon before and I was like, I don't get it. Like I never hit them in the gym. And he's like, yeah, but in the gym, you're trying to get it perfect. You're trying to get that like you're trying to get uh, the perfect technique. So when it was time to draw the sword, you cut that man's head off. So like in the competition setting, when I had been trying to get it perfect, but then I decided to squeeze on top of that as well. That was when I got a like a way more aggressive tap out of someone because I was ready to cut his head off rather than just like if I had been like, uh, Sean Applegate is a great black belt, one of my, like a, a great mentor to me as well. Um, Sean Applegate talked a lot about breaking pressure when it comes to submissions and he was talking about leg locks and arm locks but it applies in in other ways as well where let's say I'm on a heel hook if I get on your leg and I start bridging and I'm extending and I'm at like maybe 70% of my uh, maximum capacity like my body's ex- uh, maximum like extension it can get to in the last 30% if I haven't got a tap am I going to be able to actually get the tap and get the complete backwards break that we're going to have to get towards on some people? Not that we're trying to do that in the gym. It sounds terrible when you say breaking pressure, but like I I need to be able to get the tap. Like most, most sane people are going to, ah, it hurts, tap. Okay, they tap. That's their, they're out of there, they're safe. Some people aren't going to be like that and they're going to hold it a bit longer. So in when it comes to competition, especially when I first got to Purple Belt, I was kind of, surprised at this i was almost getting heel hooks on people and waiting for them to tap rather than making them tap and a lot of people just hold on a bit longer in competition they're willing to take that extra little pop and where i was reaching like 100 extension of my body's extension i wasn't able to really seal the deal because I, I was at my maximum body's extension i can't actually like put any more into it and i still needed another like 60 percent to be able to actually break if that makes sense so like if your choke's not working with 10% effort how like you need to have that extra like 80 90% of energy and like the extension to be able to put into it to get a clean finish like an arm for example an arm's gonna it's gonna straighten out then there's gonna be what like six seven eight pops before there's a backwards break so if most people tap just before the pop even happens are you going to be able to, when you need to, and when you need jiu-jitsu, are you going to be able to get that complete backwards break that you need? So, like, are you just practicing for the tap or are you practicing for jiu-jitsu? So, like, when you get into, let's say you're training, how we train this isn't by breaking our partners up all the time. It's that when you get an armbar on someone and if you feel like, oh, it's kind of crushing my balls, your dick's not a fulcrum. Keep that in mind. Your armbar is currently shit at that moment while you're feeling it like that. And maybe the armbar isn't that worth having because your armbar is shit. You're just putting like way more energy into it than you should to get it finished. And you're just wasting your energy and you're also not getting better while you do that as well. Your ego's taking over and telling you, I need to win this. I need to get this armbar. But it's just not, it's just not a, I don't think it's a good way to get better. Mm. See, you made a, there's like a, here's another sidebar because I I learned that terminology like lawyer shit, but uh, (laughs) sorry. But see, you made a good point about, oh, we're not always trying to break each other's arms in the gym. Like, that's why I can't fucking stand some of these ridiculous looking martial arts where, like, they can't fucking practice their street lethal techniques because they'd end up killing each other if they it's try to practice it. It's a, like, it, like, I, 
I feel like there is like uh, take Tai Chi for example. Tai Chi is not the deadly killing art that some people will probably claim it might be. I know a lot of Tai Chi people won't tell you that, but like these martial artists that claim that they're deadly killing arts aren't. It's just not true. But that doesn't mean there's not something we can take from those arts and still have a benefit, uh, find a benefit for our jiu-jitsu with it, if that makes sense. Mm. Now, see, that's a good point. Like, obviously, there's elements to it, and obviously, people wouldn't buy the shit if there was, if it was all horseshit. But like, uh, see, like some of these Krav Maga guys, for example, not not shitting on Krav Maga, but like eyes some balls, of them. Eyes balls, eyes balls, eyes balls. Yeah, eye gouge, butt kick, curb stomp, like. You mean how the fuck can you like how do you even train that without getting the fucking You don't, it's too dangerous. You get you get oh yeah, that's another thing. You get like all these cyborg cyborgs from Westworld, then you do it, then you put them back in the machine to repair them. Like it's not feasible. Like you should train something like jiu-jitsu where you can you can do the thing without killing each other, and then you can do the thing again. It's reason it's more reasonable and yeah, uh, what's it for long longevity, that's it. Yes. Long for longevity's sake. Cause you know you can go really hard in jiu-jitsu without getting hurt. Like you, you can you get you, you get fucking tired, but you won't get like destroyed and mangled and like crippled or anything. You can you can manage. Yeah. You know, it's not, not the end of the world. So yeah, what's your just what's your sort of advice for new people in in general? Oh, advice for new people. Um, I know a lot of people like it, there's been times where like I've gone to a seminar or something then afterwards the person will ask me like after I roll with them they're just like what can I what can I do to get better it's I really feel like it's a because of the way I got started off I didn't kind of start off and I didn't have a coach telling me okay right work on your top passing right now work on this I just I was given free reign to do whatever and obviously there, there could be hindrances from that but I feel like because I was able to do that I was able to pick something that really wanted me uh, that made me want to show up the next day and I got to spend my time on that some people get so put off by certain things that they're doing and like I, I feel like you really just have to find like find something that's really going to make you have a bit of fun uh, going to class the next day even if that's like okay right if I can't even armbar this guy. I'm going to just try at least get this guy's arm isolated to the point where he has to work. Just having something like that in mind, just like some little goal in mind, little mini goals that aren't even like if you're going in there thinking, right, I'm going to tap coach today. Okay, good luck. Because if your coach is worth a shit, he's going to be getting better as you're getting better as well. So like <clears throat> it's, a, it's a tall order. Like it, it's a, it's a weird one. Like it, so uh my student Nathan, he every time i meet him and every time i roll with him he's uh he's a blue belt now he's like trying to, i can feel in the role he's trying to show me how good he is like he's trying to show me how much improvements he's made so there's no hint of like uh we're just gonna have some sort of relaxing role he's going to try his best to strangle me and like he's gonna just be like look coach look what i can do and i feel <laughs> like i could put an end to that by just giving him the odd tap here but at the same time i want him to feel what I felt when I eventually first tapped my coach as well. And that kind of feeling of like, you couldn't do it for so long, now you can. But then I also kind of feel bad for him because I'm getting better at the same time that he is as well. Like we're, we're both improved. <laughs> He's going to catch me someday. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Like, man, that is just a, an inevitability. Like, you know, it's just, it's a numbers game, really. You yeah. Know, like that's... like if, if a coach is worth his shit, he's going to have guys who are going to start tapping him eventually. Like, uh, and that, that's, that's look, a testament Arab, to how good they are. Like. So many absolute savages. And like they've created themselves as well. Like being in that whole, like that tribe, 
But like you've got Sam McNally, you've got Marcus Phelan, you've got so many guys who are like they are super high level, not even just in Ireland, just across like even the world, like and it's it started somewhere and like Dara's doing clearly doing a good job if he's creating all these kind of savages who could I don't know what it's like in the gym, but I'm sure these guys could tap Dara on any day as well. Like he's it's just the way it is. See that that's that's a testament to like a good coach if if the fucking if your students are able to make you sweat a little if yeah. they're able to push that's a, that's that's not saying you're shit. That's obviously because there's well, factors. They're they're used to rolling with you so fucking much and they're getting good as well. So, you know, no shit. And some other coaches avoid that at all costs and they'll try like just not roll. They'll try to make excuses. I kept joking when I first got my brown belt after after I got my brown belt, it was it was like a day or two later, and I remember just lying on the mats waiting for class to start, and I was just really sore lying there, and I was like ah, and then Brandon's wife Lindsay was just like, "You okay, Keith?" And I was like, "Lindsay, is this what brown belt feels like?" And she's just like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Ah, okay, I'm done. I'm just gonna fake an injury and never roll anyone ever again." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh, my knees hurt. I can't be doing that. Can't be rolling with anyone. Oh ah ah, my knee ah, gods. Uh, oh, 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 I got a story. I got a good story here. See, I went to this one gym one time when I was still a white belt. You know, I was in the area, so I decided to train there. And uh, there was, was specifics, you know, everyone's they were playing doing butterfly passing for like specifics and stuff, right? So I just, uh, your man was passing my butterfly guard. It's because, you know, and so he slap and bump, literally instantly, he snaps on a fucking guillotine on me. And oh, no, here's the thing. He said it was his first day. So I was like, okay, all right. So Beware of those the, per- the, the, per- the perfect fucking guillotine you've ever seen, this scrawny, bony wrist bastard. And I was like, oh, this sneaky cunt. I'm not fucking getting beaten by him after he's like, you know, shenanigans. So I fucking, I escape and I come out on top of him about to fucking pass, about to fucking put the, put the hurt on because I was pissed off. And you know what he does? You know what he does? Oh, ah, ah, my uh, knee. Yeah. My knee, oh my god, I think I popped my knee. And I just looked at him, I'm like, I'm just thinking, man, I just fucking saw a dude get his knee popped out of the competition, and he wasn't that fucking calm as you are, <laughs> you little fucking shit. And so I'm like, okay, why don't you get off the mat then? He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, motherfucker. Uh, we had a similar thing happen. This is back in the old MMA gym I was at, but we had this big like barbecue slash open mat. It was a bunch of guys who came from different gyms in Drada, but one guy who came uh, a lot of time from, I'm not going to give his name or anything, but uh, love that guy. He came, he was rolling with, uh, I think we had a roll, and afterwards he was rolling with some other guy. And this guy, basically, he was a white belt who had been training for a while, but he just went super spazzy, super aggro put everything into his first whatever exchange and then once he got swept he was just like oh no sorry man sorry man i'm done for a bit and then i just remembered my friend just being like no get the fuck back here (laughs) and he just called him back and i remember him just walking back just like just knowing he was about to get swept and just probably murdered a bit of like chest in his face or something Mm. oh man uh, i have another one see uh this uh this one dude was fresh out of the like uh beginner's class and like, uh, see, I had just competed like the other day because I, d- I don't take days off after competition because I'm not a pussy. So I went back the next day. I was in bits. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I feel like dog shit. I was staying on that for t- like uh, this class. Like it was it was mainly new people in this class, but I'm like, whatever, I don't care. So this one dude, his mentality was, man, I'm going to do whatever I can to survive the whole round without getting tapped. That was his thing. No matter if he would slam you or do stupid shit. 
that's a dangerous mentality as well. Actually, you were talking about giving a tip for uh, people starting off. People who are just going to try to do whatever they can to not get submitted. That does not make you better. Like, I, I know people who have tried to, like, they'll get in bottom side control and they'll just bear hug and they're just going to hold on for dear life. And if it's five minutes pass where you don't tap me, I got better. Beware of that. Uh, so here's the thing. I says to him, man, I can PDS. Like, I, 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 it wasn't like being serious because I, I knew this dude like outside the gym just in passing. Like, I'd seen him a few times outside the gym because of some other thing. And like, uh, I was like, okay, man, I can yesterday. I'm fucked up. We just take it handy. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> death nope. grips. Fucking immediately death grips. I'm like, okay, so that's what we're doing. So I pulled to Delaheva and I'm just trying to keep him there for a second. I'm like, dude, would you relax? Like, you know, I'm trying to make, you know, because like, he can't move, so he has to relax. I'm like, no, he did not. So I swept him, and like, uh, he like comes back up. I'm like playing like the closed guard. I'm just trying to wrap him up so he fucking calms down a bit. You know what I mean? It's like if you're, I'm like, I just have like him wrapped up. I'm like, you don't know where you're gonna get out if you calm down, bro. And then, you know, he's doing like slamming me when I went through this armbar. He fucking slammed me right in my head. So I'm like, okay, motherfucker, armbars are armbars are out of the equation now. So I fucking take his back. This all in the span of three minutes, mind you. I take his back. And I fucking slap on the rear naked choke. I'm just squeezing And he's not tapping. And I can hear the gurgling. I'm like, just tap, dude. And he taps. And like, he's like, oh. <gasps> I was just thinking, you know, you could have stopped at any second just by tapping. And then he's like, how long's left? He's like, there's two minutes left. It's like, do we have to go? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So, I thought you were saying as soon as you said how long is that? <laughs> just went super aggro at you or something like that. Nah, you know. So I'm just like, yeah, we have to go for the next two minutes. Get over it. But I, I can't stand that. Like, if you want to complain, fucking go somewhere else. Yeah. Don't do jiu-jitsu if you want to complain. Sorry. So about my sidebar. Sorry. Sorry. I I hate that shit. So man, uh, what was your first competition and like, uh, how long were you training? Just how to go for you in general? Um, I don't even know how long I was training. I was training a few months. It was an in-house competition in Andy Ryan's, and I thought I was the dog's bollocks going into this thing after like <laughs> submitting people in the gym and stuff. A white belt thinking he was the king of this and the king of that. Yeah. He's the king of dog shite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so white belt walking in thinking he fucking ruled the world, and then I think I went for a flying triangle on uh, the first guy who basically like caught me in midair, got his arm back to the inside, put me down, eventually escaped and iron barred me. So that was my first competition. Um, <laughs> I feel like they might have given me a second match, but I'm pretty sure I lost both matches that day. I think uh, maybe I had like one shining moment of like accident, like almost getting a guillotine or something, but like, nah. Um, yeah, that was the first competition. Got destroyed in that. After that, I don't even know what it was. Uh, one of them old grapple paloozas, I think, or something like that. I really don't know. Hmm. Steve, do you have a favorite competition story? Or just not hey. necessarily a match, just like the events surrounding it, like you just have fond memories of it? Um, yeah. Um, so there was, there was a, it's not even like, it, it's it's probably only like a fond memory for me, like it won't even be entertaining for anyone else, but it's uh, when me and David, we had been doing a lot of training, like online training with... Um, don't know if you've ever heard of Marvin Castell. He's a black belt under Eddie Bravo. He he was like he hit some like Iminari role that just like kind of blew up a few years ago. 
But Marvin used to help us a lot with leg locks, and we spent a lot of time learning leg locks from learning leg locks from. And we'd have these like we had this system of like it was a 50-50 system, and it was basically these weird names for like certain moves that we were gonna go for based on their reaction. And one of them was called the Magala. I don't know if you've ever seen Magala, who was on a Britain's Got Talent. He was on like America's Got Talent, all this kind of stuff. But he's that guy who swallowed swords and stuff, right? But he used to hold onto poles and he'd like cling onto them in this weird way. And that's what we were doing to finish this weird kind of heel hook. So we were calling that Magala. But I just like it's fun to look back on that. And like this is something that I still teach to people as well. And I've got a clip of me in the I'm in that 50 50 position, exactly how I teach to people. And David is just calling for it. Magala one, Magala one, Magala two, Magala two. And everyone in the crowd is just kind of looking around the video like, what the fuck are they saying? And then, like, I just tap the guy, and it's just like, looks. David's just like, yeah, exactly. And everyone's just. Ah, that's that's good. Some uh, code word shit, so no one knows what you're on about. Like, what? What's Magala? It's chicken tikka time or some shit? Yeah. (laughs) Chicken tikka Magala. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm in the mood for some of that, but like, I've gained enough weight in the fucking quarantine thing. I'm like, let's let's not get some of that. Let's not. (laughs) I think I'm losing weight now that I'm not eating the fat American food, to be honest. Not that I was going too crazy with the fat American food this time, but it was uh, it was delicious. Mm. I imagine so. That's that's how they get you. Yeah. Do you have a preferred rule set to compete under? Um, I... I do, but it's mainly because I just don't like how some people like some people play the game. Uh, everyone plays the game. Everyone always tries to play the game. But like even uh, like I, I used to think when I was young, like when I was like a blue beltish, that sub only for life. And then I started to see the sub only has kind of created some problems in jiu-jitsu as well. And it's uh, although I'm not the most uh point, like I don't think about points. I just want to dominate the whole match to the point that after the round. You go back to your car just like I never want to roll with him again. I just want to get on top, stay on top, and just crush. That's uh, And this is coming from someone who used to just leg lock and play rubber guard all the time and lockdown and stuff. But uh, I feel like Saboni has kind of created like this thing where people are now way too willing to give up position because it's okay, they'll get out and escape. But we shouldn't be giving up those positions at the same time as well. Um, points, I feel like, can be super entertaining to watch if you if you're watching certain people. And then some people, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't like seeing someone who secures that pass and then just looks over, keeps their grips, and they're looking at the clock like, yeah, got him, boys. Got him, boys. Just two minutes to kill now. It's just like, like Ugh, get, get, I appreciate get, get, seeing. Get comfortable. I kind of don't watch any gi anymore. I'll still watch some guys like Tommy Lanneker and stuff like that. I'll still watch certain people. But it's uh, I just find it very boring to watch a lot of these competitions. I'm not there watching the I'm not typically watching the IBJJF tournaments when they're live or anything. I'll, I'll watch certain matches and go back, especially if someone tells me to go back and watch a match. But I just don't don't have the interest. Uh, preferred rule set. I really liked how uh, what was it called? Oh my god, I'm going blank. Shugyo. Did you see Shugyo? Shugyo. Oh right and it was a uh, phil schwartz who owns tempana portland he's a he's a great guy cool guy he um he set up this tournament where he invited guys like uh ethan Crellenston, um what's his name who just uh, jordan holy who was just on submission underground he's really good as well nathan orchard a few other like rafael domingos but basically it was like a an eight-man tournament and everyone was going to basically fight everyone and then he, it was like i don't even know how like 
the the winner was decided I, I can't remember how it was done but basically like it's just no time limit and some of the matches were going on for like 70 minutes 80 minutes and then like it's just absolute insanity and people are still like going 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 you really start to see like if you made put most jiu-jitsu people into a no time limit match if they didn't get that submission in the first 10 20 minutes they are gonna fall apart and like not everyone but like i feel like people who aren't used to that sort of thing it's a that's a that's a different thing that's like I, I like uh, I like when I'm training. I like setting rounds. I like doing like either six to ten minute rounds usually. But I also like those odd times where we don't set a timer and we're just gonna go. And it's not gonna be a case of like we just decide, okay, we're done now. We're gonna keep going. And like it it might be like me and let's say Scaff over in America or me and uh, Keelan, one of my friends over there as well. He's a purple belt. But you just go and in those like roles, you get to these moments where you feel like, okay, right, he has me. I'm about to die. And then if you escape that, you just about escape, you're, you find some sort of recovery, you're still in the fight, 10 minutes later you get put in that spot again, you're kind of like, wait, I was here a while ago and I thought I was going to die, I'm not going to die now. And like, even though you're more tired, you're still more like, I don't know, you have a bit more, I don't really know how to explain it, it just takes you through a, a bunch of different emotions in those longer rounds, I feel like that really kind of shows you what you're made of, rather than just like a, a 10 minute round or something that you can just like get your explosion out in those 10 minutes mm. see i wouldn't mind doing one of those really long rounds because see most of my uh fucking wins especially well, most of my submission wins like they come within the first minute or two of the match so you know i just i get the thing i try to get super quickly so i'm like yeah i i you know kind of try to style on people like uh well you want to be in there potentially. Uh, you want to be in and out there like a hitman. Like, I don't want to be going to a war with one guy, going to a war with the next guy, and then, like, the third round in, I'm dead going out for this, like, potential war with man number three. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to go in and out like a hitman. But I just like the idea of no time limit rounds. I, I As much as I probably hate it in the moment when I'm doing it, I, I think that's just, like, it's the, it's the realest way, I feel. Mm. now i said it'll do you good for longevity let's have a fucking helio versus kimura sort of thing where you fight for three fucking hours yeah we should do well, that more yeah we should do that some more that's some pretty cool shit it's, <laughs> oh jesus but they, like it, all those matches in that shugyo tournament were kind of ending pretty quick and we didn't really get to see the whole blood of it and this guy keith krikorian shout out to him he's an absolute savage he uh he i think it went he was going uh, just attacking 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 the whole time and his match went i think about like 80 minutes to the point where the mats were so completely sweaty that they had to just stop them for a second and be like, boys, change rash guards quick. And then they just like wiped up the mats really quickly and got them going again. So technically not a no time limit sort of thing. There was a, there was a little break in there, but it was a fall and die if they didn't fucking dry themselves up then. Like, man, what is this, a play? There's an intermission suddenly? What the hell? <laughs> There's like some compelling drama. You have people in the rafters with like the bu- the binoculars on the stilts, like, oh yes, oh that is what they call De La Hiva. Yes, yes. Uh, quite right. Yes, yes, quite right. How <laughs> uh, someone should do that? Like go into like the Abbey Theatre and just have a jiu-jitsu match and have people up in the loft with the, but like a high society jiu-jitsu match where they wear tuxedo tuxedo rash guards. Actually, when uh, what's his name? Um, oh my God, Jonathan Block from East Coast. He put together that sub over eighty tournament a few years ago, 
and I remember being up in the I was supposed to compete that day as well and my my father and my sister had come to see me compete but they were kind of sitting away from me in the chairs I was up on one of them fancy looking balcony sort of things up on the side and I remember as Sam McNally was walking out I text my father I was like here this is Sam McNally he's a wizard and then my dad was texting me back saying which one's Sam McNally and then all of a sudden he's like oh that's Sam McNally because Sam hit like one of the slickest arm bars ever so quickly against someone who Aaron Devlin, who was really good as well. Then after that, I remember I was going up against Aaron Devlin thinking, oh, well, Sam got rid of him so quickly. I'll, I'll probably do OK against him. No, Aaron Devlin's really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. And uh, do you have a favorite submission, just your favorite one to catch, whether it be just rolling in the gym or just comp- competing? Um, it, it was guillotine and anacondas for a long while for the last like year or two but over the last few months rear naked chokes just really just really appealed to me uh, I, I, there's nothing more satisfying to me than I it, there was a so even when I was like a purple belt there's times where you'll catch the, the higher belt and it might be something with like a leg lock or something like that and even if it's not even a higher belt, if it's the same belt, if you leg lock them, people give you this weird look as if like, yeah, okay, I tapped, but I didn't really like it. We both know that wasn't a real tap. Like if we were doing real jiu-jitsu, that wasn't a real tap. Like I get these looks from people sometimes, but with a rear naked choke, there's not like you, you can't say it was a cheap tap or anything like that or, oh, well, I don't practice back takes. Yeah, well, you, you got your back and you got choked. It's like just the ultimate form of submission, I feel. Uh, so, you yeah, know, that's such a bullshit thing to think oh well that wasn't a real tap like so what because it's a, it's a relatively new sort of it, it, but it's like wrist locks as well like some people just like it, it there's been times it hasn't happened to me in a long time actually every gym i've been to has been like super friendly lately especially with leg locks people are just more into leg locks now i think but uh there's definitely been gyms where i've gone to where like even i'll just use like single x's sweep or something and as i get there they're just like oh we don't practice leg locks and i'm just like I'm going to practice sweeping and getting on top and crushing your face in a second. So that's okay. We're just, that, that's fine. We don't need to worry about leg locks for now. But I've definitely got some weird looks trying to heel hook people before. Not uh, not so much when I was in a 10 pound gym. That was uh, expected. Nah, see. Man, uh, see, I don't like... I don't go don't go for heel hooks or anything. Like, I go to other gyms the whole time. But if I see... Like, I'll just go for a straight ankle. If yeah. I see a straight ankle lock... You're fucking getting straight ankle lock. Like that, 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 that's legal a white belt. So don't fucking go telling me that's dirty shit. I'm like, I'm not gonna try and do it and yeah, be a dick. Yeah, but yeah. like, if it's there, I, like, I, I want like, to get uh, a submission. So you know way in MMA, if like someone starts off a fight with a spinning hook kick for the rest of the fight, that person's gonna be like, okay, spinning hook kick, fair enough. I like getting onto someone's legs with no ambition to submit them from there at all, but enough for them to be like, okay, he wants my leg. And then in that moment, I'm switching it up and I'm trying to pass or I'm trying to do something else. But I want to like earn your respect somewhere else and then have you, especially like if someone thinks they're going to get me with leg locks, if I instigate the leg locks and I'm winning the pummeling, from then on, they're kind of like, wait, how am I going to get this guy? And then when I start just passing and choking them and they think they're going to get leg locks in the exchanges, like they just start kind of doubting themselves and second guessing themselves. Uh, so you get this uh, I was rolling with one of my guys one day see I, I had just gotten my blue belt and uh, he was he was still a white belt and like uh, see, uh, I, I, I just I kept fucking leg locking him straight ankle straight ankle straight ankle he's like man all you fucking do is straight ankle locks I'm like fascinating theory so I took his back and then bone arrow choked him I'm like yeah. mm, what was that what, what was that 
That was a weird leg lock I just hit right there. <laughs> oh, dude, that was such a weird leg lock. The fact that I was being strangled instead of having a joint fucking strained. That was weird, dude. How'd you do that? Well, it's kind of like, like over here, especially uh, a lot of gyms. Uh, it's definitely seemed like it's lightened up in certain gyms, but a lot of gyms go by the whole uh, no like twisting leg locks until brown belt, which uh, I can understand. But I just feel like I got lucky to be able to just study whatever I wanted at the start. So no one was telling me, hey, you can't do those leg locks. It was more of a like, I don't know, I just got to practice leg locks myself. But um, in, in Decatur over in Alabama where I train, it, the rule is there's no twisting submissions straight ankle locks are allowed at white belt there's no twisting submission so yeah, you can knee bar at white belt as well um and twisting submissions like toe holds and heel hooks blue belting up so as soon as my student naden i gave him a blue belt when he came over to alabama um brandon as soon as that that blue belt was around him well not random but as soon as he had the blue belt and the rounds were on brandon was like okay Nathan just got his blue belt everyone heel hook him and it was just such a beautiful thing to get to like take part in a gym where like everyone is like there was no like fear of the heel hooks it's something that they practice like they teach the white belt heel hooks as well but it's uh you're not allowed to use this until blue belt but you're gonna learn these positions regardless yeah that that makes that makes sense See, I'd agree with all that except for the knee bars at white belts. I agree with the ankle locks. Like, I don't know. That's just I, I can see. Preference. I can see why as well. Like, I can understand, but also I just I think it's down to how well your coach can approach these topics as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, so you get this. This is fucking hilarious. This one guy, uh, he was a blue belt. He was trained in London. He moved over to limerick and he fucking he started training with us when i was i was still a white belt though when he first moved over and then i was training with him for ages you know we're getting along great and then i got my blue belt and the first round two of us did together he tries to knee bar me i'm like were you just waiting for me to get promoted so you can knee bar me and he's like yes yes man he's like man do you realize how much i love knee bars and how much i wanted to knee bar you but but i couldn't do it i'm like that that's all out the window now, buddy. Yeah, fair enough. Well, now good luck to your knees. <laughs> ah, man, they need all the help they can get. Fuck, yeah. they're fucked up. See, man, what was that? The first seminar you went to, and do you remember what was taught at it? First seminar I went to, my God. Um, it wasn't the Eddie Bravo one. No, it wasn't, actually. It was... Um, Rodrigo Medeiros in Team Rhino. And he was teaching leg drag stuff. I cannot remember it. At the time, I was probably just like that white belt being like, this is bullshit. <laughs> just not even paying attention to what was going on. Show me some goddamn cool leg locks or something. Don't be flying I never record seminars. He's like, my people always, they come to the gym, they're like, you're allowed to, but I just never did. But I just don't know why I decided to record his one. I am so fucking glad I did because I was so good. <laughs> For the, it made my gi it's made my Delaheva game in the gi go up so fucking good and he showed us this thing called Gandalf guard and man uh, it was just some really good stuff oh, really good grip game. details it was so awesome I, I can't I can't say enough how much I love that seminar shout out to Christian I fucking love him and he likes my memes sometimes right. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> why only sometimes Christian he only he only likes the memes that are about him <laughs> Uh, you ever hear Christian? 
I was seeing, I haven't like really followed him. I remember he did a match against Jeff Glover a while back. I'm not sure if it was him who like double donkey guard Jeff Glover, which is dangerous. Yeah, that, that was that was that was him. He like done the jump upside down mount thing yeah, to get Mountain yeah, Jeff. Yeah. That was a really good counter, in my opinion, because so, yeah, but someone made it fucking about it where as soon as they connected, <laughs> they basically went into a vortex and started going through like time and space, and then it just came out of Eddie Bravo's head, and it said every time you double donkey guard Eddie Bravo grows more powerful. You gotta be careful. And, uh, I'll keep that in mind. I'll I'll get someone around. Like, okay, let's just keep double donkey guarding each other until Eddie Bravo consumes yeah. the whole universe. Yeah, he becomes like like Doctor Manhattan or something. That's that's dangerous. I don't know. I don't know if we should do that. <laughs> well, it's well we can. Like, who cares if we should? We can. We yeah, could. We some. Could. Could. It's like the it's a it's the Jurassic Park conundrum. I can't. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed donkey guard anymore. The the guys who I like did a small bit of wrestling with over in the states will shoot me because they have guns. Ah <laughs> uh, well, if you do donkey guard, you de- you deserve to get shot. <laughs> I have done in the past. Mm. Uh, man, uh, have you ever in- uh, have you ever like uh, gone to seminar and integrated what was taught at it just so well it's become like a mainstay in your game? Yeah. Um... So the one that sticks out to me most, I've been to a lot of seminars from Brandon as well, because when he came over here, I went to some of his seminars across the country. I went to some of his seminars in like Florida and all these other kind of places. His stuff tends to, especially because I know his game and a lot of my game is based off of him. I tend to get like a few little details. And I'm like, that's what I've been missing. And that'll help me clean up some stuff straight away or even just some concepts. He's very, uh, he speaks very conceptually when he's, uh, when he's teaching. But um what's in it um chris letty chris letty had absolute gold which um not even necessarily the sequence that he showed just some of the ideas he talked about like how he won't necessarily let's say he's knee cutting to one side and he has his foot still kind of wrapped around that person's leg he's not necessarily going to give up that half guard e like that just that kind of like foot hook until he gets everything he wants upper body wise so there's like certain things like that that I was really able to implement and kind of uh, just tied in really well with my game. Just certain things that he was able to say to help me remember. He was talking about like, let's say you go double underhooks, getting both hands on top of their head and he called it the two hats. And I was like, okay, right, two hats. But then I remember I was teaching that over in Alabama one time and then Lindsey Brandon's coach was just like, ah, I like that, two hats. And I was just like, yeah, I really want to take credit. It was Chris Letty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so guys, we got a, we only got one question off Instagram, but it's a fucking good ass question, so that makes up for it in my opinion. So, alrighty, uh, it's a long one, so I have to read it out. So, see, Ten Planet Decatur seems to focus on a lot of 200 reps in, uh, 200 reps in of a month, uh, sorry, of a lit of a certain drill in a month, for example. Did that? <clears throat> sorry. Did that way of training benefit you much? Plus, would you recommend it by yes. Adam underscore Ennis? Yes, yes. What's up, Adam Ennis? Uh, Adam Ennis is a great training partner as well. He's uh, He trains out in 10 plants. Shout out to Adam. Uh, so the way it works in Decatur, I'll just give a quick breakdown, is Brandon will put together a month, and it's going to be a certain flow for the month, and it's going to be one main flow, but it's not like he's going to teach that every single day, every single day. The idea of that flow is to get it like... 200 times in that one month and then we have a chalkboard on in the gym as well where people write down their names they'll write down how many they have so okay i got 
five in there okay and what it seemed to create is people weren't just scratching their ass before class anymore they were like oh wait he's writing up his reps on the board i better get like five reps in they'll ask someone can i just get a few reps in and people kept getting the reps in but um one example of how it really helped me is when we did arm triangles one month and as i was saying arm triangles frustrated the fuck out of me for years and just a basic arm triangle i wanted to i was drilling it with one of my friends keelan who's a purple belt and then afterwards i was drilling it with Lindsay, the uh, brandon's wife the black belt and as i was doing it i just couldn't seem to close the space and have it as clean as Lindsay or keelan were doing it and i was kind of thinking oh well keelan's shoulders are bigger maybe it just fills the space better but then i was like god damn it Lindsay's hitting it perfect on me as well so after that was probably the most frustrating uh learning experience i've had because i felt like i was like i was a purple belt at the time it was kind of just not too long before i got my brown and i was getting so frustrated so frustrated that i couldn't do this properly and it ended up being i i think i could probably teach an arm triangle better than any other move right now just because of that frustration that forced me to sit with and because of those little tips i was able to get from all these people that helped me fine-tune it like okay well Lindsay was just like yeah well i have a lot of success when i go here instead and i do this scaff will be talking about like how yeah i like to drop this shoulder and, and like just little details like that and now i feel like the it, it's probably the thing that i could teach the best right now arm triangles anyway um but the flow for example uh while brandon was uh out injured last time i came over he was like okay you're gonna teach the flow and i was like okay he was like i want to be outside passing and i was like okay and then he gave me the structure so basically the structure is like um this would be much easier if I just get this up here. The flow. Okay, so the first class is installing the flow, right? So on your your Monday noon class and your Tuesday evening class, it's installing the flow. It's going to be just going through. This is the flow that we're going to be working on for the month. We're going to get this down. And uh, as the week progresses, because you have been to these two classes, you are going to help the newer guys as we start kind of flying through this. The second class is the option A slash option B. So it's partly, it's going to be from the flow, but then we're going to get to that point where, okay, I do this, then he does this, or he does this. How do we attack those options? So that's like the 80-20 rule. The third class after that would be the high level reaction. So the reaction that I get, like, as I'm doing this pass that works all the time, there's like a few people that can just about slow it down by doing this. What do we do to counter that again? And we just kind of break it down. So the start of every class after the installing the flow, it's going to be like, okay, right, class is starting, uh, 20 reps of the flow, go. And he, he'll go through it once. He'll barely explain it. He'll just show it really quickly. And then the whole class are going to pair up experienced with inexperienced. And we're going to try to get everyone getting this flow down. And then you get close to 20 reps. And then we get the actual class started. So now the class is going to be related to the flow. You've got most of the movements down already. Now we're just going to we're going to cover like the A or B option or something like that. But I definitely feel like it, it was so helpful that now since coming back home, I've done out another flow because now obviously their their gyms are closed. I think their gyms just opened up in Alabama right now. But um, there's no flow for me to kind of just ask Brandon what it is. So I just use Brandon's structure. I put together my own flow and I was like, okay, right. What am I going to base it on that I really want to teach David and Nathan? Because these are the guys who I'm going to be teaching over the next while. David's the one who I'm always getting the mats out with here. So I put put it together. I was like, okay, right, my guillotine. Um, people have had sex, uh, sex, success with my guillotine. That's just, that's, that's, get your get your mind out the gutter. 
<laughs> she might have success guitine over in the cater when I showed it to them. And it was one of those things where I showed a few guys the guillotine and then like after that class, people are coming up to me being like, Oh yeah, I hit that guillotine on so and so. So like that I really wanted to be the focus for this month. So I basically put together our flow for the month and it's just gonna be based on how I set up the guillotine from half guard. But I'm gonna put together videos and basically send it to Brandon as well. He can do whatever he wants with them. It's more so just videos so I can send it to David and Nate and they can look over it and we can just like refine it. And then for the whole month, we're gonna basically treat the mats, the six mats that I have outside like a little mini gym and just get that flow down and try to get those mm -hmm. two reps. Well, the 200 reps is easy to be honest. When Nathan came, it sounds daunting, right? When Nathan came over for two weeks after the third day of the flow. I seen him writing 204 and I was like, okay, it's been three days. You've got your 204 reps in. And then someone goes up and writes overachiever right beside his name. <laughs> but then, uh, so Nathan gets his reps in then Brandon comes over and Brandon, I was just like, well, got 200 reps in already. And then Brandon's just like, what if they weren't good reps? Oh, I just looked at him and I was like, oh, yeah, if we correct something on you now over the few uh, over the next few minutes, you're going to be so pissed off having to get those 200 reps again. <laughs> well, how, like, about, how about 100, 196 since you did 204? No. Be, be a little merciful. No, Lee, wait. No, 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 no. no. With anyone else, yeah, but with Nathan, no. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Nathan, whoever you are, fuck you. Yeah. No, no, no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so guys. We've reached a segment of the podcast. Sorry. We've reached a segment of the podcast I like to call around the specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So do you want to do a round of specifics, Keith? Let's do it. Excellent. I love this fucking segment so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's a hard one. I, I've got too many cartoons. Like, I want to get my leg eventually covered with different cartoon characters as well. I've already got to start with, uh, did you ever see Invader Zim? Yeah. Okay, I've got Gur from Invader Zim on my leg, but I want to get, like, some Angry Beavers or Earthworm Jim and some other stuff. I don't know. I watched too many cartoons to say that there was one that would have been my favorite, but uh, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I'm going to have to say, like, Right now, I want to say Earthworm Jim, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Uh, I watched too many stuff from like Simpsons, The Family Guy, to South Park, which I shouldn't have been watching as a kid, and all this other stuff as well. What about uh, Beavis and Butthead? Beavis and Butthead was actually like 204 reps in, and then someone goes up and writes Overachiever right beside his name. <laughs> but then. Uh, so Nathan gets his reps in, then Brandon comes over, and Brandon, I was just like, well, I've got 200 reps in already. And then Brandon's just like, what if they weren't good reps? <gasps> I just looked at him, and I was like, oh, yeah, if we correct something on you now over the, few, uh, over the next few minutes, you're going to be so pissed off having to get those 200 reps again. <laughs> well, like, how about, how about 196 since you did 204? No. Be, be a little merciful. No, Lee, wait. No, 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 no. With anyone else, yeah, but with Nathan, no. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Nathan, whoever you are, fuck you. Yeah. No, no, no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so guys, we've reached a segment of the podcast. Sorry, we've reached a segment of the podcast I like to call around the specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jujitsu, some aren't about jujitsu. So, John, do, do around the specifics, Keith. Let's do it. Excellent. I love this fucking segment so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what was your favorite TV show growing up? 
oh jesus oh that's a hard I, i've got too many cartoons like i want to get my leg eventually covered with different cartoon characters as well i've already got to start with a. Uh, did you ever see invader zim yeah okay i've got gur from invaders in my leg but i want to get like some angry beavers or earthworm gym and some other stuff i don't know i watched too many cartoons to say that there was one that would have been my favorite but uh i don't know i don't know i'm gonna have to say like right now i want to say earthworm gym but i'm not even, i'm not sure i i don't know uh i watched too many stuff from like simpsons the family guy to south park which i shouldn't have been watching as a kid and all this other stuff as well what about uh beavis and butthead beavis and butthead was excellent oh man i made a I made a pretty good meme of beavis and butthead there it was like uh uh when a white belt sees a closed guard instruction it's like you know i just figured out beavis (laughs) this fucking sucks or something this sucks more than anything like if they if they've taught me anything it's uh change it (laughs) <laughs> that that's that's one thing they taught me <laughs> oh beavis and boyhead was excellent their beavis and boyhead do america was my first time here in a roller coaster of love and i fell in love with that song after that movie and that, that was the first time i ever saw beavis and butthead and then when i saw the show and figured out it was about like critiquing music videos in a very yeah. lowbrow fashion i was like what the fuck is this shit like I, I was so celebrity. i thought i thought it was Oh, Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, my God. That was okay. so good. That episode of Beavis and Butthead where he had, like, the, the pincers, like, the <laughs> the clamp. What are they called? Yeah. The salad tongs. Salad tongs for hands. Yeah. And he became Cornholio again, and he killed B- Butthead. Uh-huh. Corn- Cornholio is uh, underrated. A legend. A legend. Absolute mad lad. <laughs> okay, what was uh, the first video game console you had, and what was your favorite game on it? I think mine was PlayStation 1, but I used to play one of my friends down the road. We used to go down to his and play um, the was it Nintendo 64 or the Super Nintendo. Whatever had GoldenEye on it. We just played a bunch of GoldenEye. It was N- Nintendo 64. was the Nintendo 64. Um, played a bunch of GoldenEye on that as well. PlayStation 1, earliest game, or best game. Oh, I don't know. Um, I ended up getting a chip on my PlayStation 1. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, actually. Probably shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> but I got... That's like, it. You're going to get chip. done in for video piracy. Oh, no, no. They're going to come and try search my PlayStation 1. Um, <laughs> I ended up getting that. And I remember I got a bunch of different games for free. But one of them was like... A, it was like Spyro the Dragon, right? But when you clicked into it, there was like a loading screen that wasn't the actual Spyro the Dragon loading screen. And this is where I learned a bunch of dirty words I probably shouldn't learn as a kid. Because they just flew past the screen. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely a fake game. Okay. what the hell <laughs> but uh yeah that's uh that's off topic and um, best game uh one of the old spider-man games i had a lot of fun playing on that playstation as well i can't remember what spider-man game it was well there was only two on the ps1 there was spider-man there was spider-man 2 enter electro i think it was spider-man 2 it might have been the enter the electro i can't remember i, I probably had both to be honest I, there was a when i was a kid i went through a phase of getting like all the spider-man games as well and mm. whatever yeah oh did you play the new one no, not yet. And I only seen a picture of it today as well, which made me be like, okay, right, maybe. But I, I'm just too caught up in like online games as well. I'm just too obsessed with battle royales right now. It's too satisfying to go into a game with 150 people and come out on top. That's like, I don't know. It's like ultimate. Like, it's just conquer. <laughs> nah, my my internet's too bad to play multiplayer games. Besides, I I hate I hate people. So unless I can strangle them, so uh-huh. I just I then just, you get the single player yeah. you get to deal with those people you hate accordingly eventually 
man, my interest too bad. I can't even play online, so I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't really care. So, uh, what was uh, the worst movie you've ever seen? That's mm. the record, right? This is, I've recommended this to people as well. No matter how bad it is, it's just hilariously bad. But have you have you seen Sharknado? I have. Sharknado is horrifically bad. So bad. Every single clip of a shark. A close-up picture of a, shark, a video of a shark it, it's clearly just a shark in a little like pool it's like so badly done and horrifically done it's terrible no killer clowns from outer space was awful that's years old as well that's like 80s movie or something like that maybe i didn't even know when that was it or killer tomato another one they were also terrible um yeah but probably that what about a uh, birdemic where killer birds attack but it's a thinly veiled oh, global God. warming movie <laughs> a, a movie about a movie about killer birds it has a fucking uh, message about global warming. I'm like, yeah, it's what? Yeah, what are you trying to do here? That's like a fucking. Uh, that's like if Sharknado had undertones about the polar ice caps melting. I'm like, what? Those two things aren't really <laughs> Have related. Have you ever seen Teat? No. Oh, good. YouTube Teat trailer after this. What is it? Some sort of movie about a killer tooth fairy? I don't think it. No, no, it's uh... <laughs> What's it about? Fucking tell me, bro. So basically, it's about a girl whose uh, private parts have teeth, and they find out the hard way. So yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, I wish you didn't tell me that. Make this Thank a weekly segment on your podcast: horrible movies with Keith. <laughs> Stuff we should never well, watch. Keith. <laughs> Man, I was thinking of starting like a little uh, mini podcast sort of thing about movies because I just wanted to gush about Robocop. So I'll give you a call sometime about that if you're keen. <laughs> if you wanna. <laughs> and then uh, if you could, if you could ban one guard from competition, what would it be and why? Worm garden, anything involving grips on a gate. <laughs> no, I, I, I so, don't know. Um, no, it hasn't place. I, I, I'll say worm guard just because I'm so nogi biased, and I just don't want to, don't take any of my nogi guards away. <laughs> Man, nearly everyone has said donkey guard or something, but we got one more. We got one worm guard before, so not bad. Was he a nogi player as well? Uh, no, he just has one guy in his gym who loves lapel guard, and then he just wanted to call him out. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, what's it? Uh, do you have a nickname or a fighting name in the gym? Uh, over So in America, it just became known as Irish Keat, but really like emphasizing the t at the end. Because when I went into Chick-fil-A, they asked me for my name, and I said Keith. And they were like, all right, cool. And then they wrote K-E-E-T on the, on the receipt. Like, 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 like Keto? Yeah, yeah. So K-E-E-T has become, like, it's Irish Keith over there. They've just known me as that. But then one of the guys, Messick, started calling me pure Irish butter, which I thought was pretty funny. But, like, that hasn't stuck. <laughs> but that would be, be the one to stick. I, I would like if that one stuck, but it's not going to stick. Pure Irish butter would be excellent. <laughs> Uh, man. How about Killer Keith Kavanagh? No, you know, you know the, you know the subtext. You know what no, it's about. Definitely not. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. I see. Uh, what's it? Do you prefer training in the morning or in the evening? Are you able to pause this for a split second? And say, 
Sounds like Ben, you're you're over hydration. You're Got gonna it. have hi- hyper hyper hydrosis. <laughs> Real thing, look it up. Okay. Real thing. I'm gonna drown. <laughs> you're gonna drown in your own fluids. Yeah. So the question the question I, w- I was asking was uh do you prefer to train in the morning or in the evening? Um I definitely prefer to train in the morning. I I like over in Decatur. I was training like every noon. I say morning, noon, twelve is good. I I like I don't mind getting up earlier, but I just like the, the noon classes were just fucking so much more comfortable, and it just feels really good when you've got the whole day ahead of you and you don't have any sort of like guilt lingering from oh I need to train blah, 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 or anything like that. It's just like I don't know. I, I definitely like training in the morning. Mm. Plus, you don't have to build up all day. You're like man, I just want to go train and guys, yep. you know, you get out of the way and you can just about your day or whatever yeah. so what's your favorite junk food and i know for a fact because you were in america you were spoiled for choice so let's hear it i was but what i said to know is in america is they've got quantity we've got the quality over here like they've got some like impressive concoctions of food sugary foods but like it doesn't be like a fucking dairy milk or something like that over here or a proper morrow or a star bar or something like that um mm. junk food my god uh I gotta say, we we do have it pretty good over here when it comes to quality stuff. Like, uh, dude, pink snack. I love love me with them. You can't yeah. go wrong. Um, do, do you know what I love actually? Just uh, bourbons with a cup of tea. Oh my god, bourbons and a cup of scald, chocolate bourbons. Like, oh my god, that's the way to oh, do it, dude. <laughs> uh, well, I won't I won't fault you that. <laughs> uh, what was that? You the weird weirdest fuck weirdest thing you've seen over in America, like food wise, while we're on the topic. Mm, I'm pretty sure they not, eat like fried, uh, they eat like fried rattlesnake or something like that in Texas. I didn't get to see this at all. Um, what was weird over there? Because most of their cows are corn fed and stuff like that. When they do have one place that sells some grass fed cows or some grass fed beef, they advertise it like they're it's the most amazing thing in the world. Look, guys, we've got the cleanest stuff in the and and then it's yeah, just, man, we got that clean shit, man. They don't. Uh, they, they can't compare. Their cheese can't compare with ours. Their bread can't compare with ours. Their milk can't compare with ours. Their chocolate can't compare with ours. Those are the big, uh, the big. I difference. think because we have less processed shit inside it. You know, yeah. we're a bit more uh, cultured and reserved cultured. and pure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> quite right. Yes. Indubitably. <laughs> yes. Yes. Quite right, my friend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not. Not to look down on you, Anthony. Yes. Go away, peasant. <laughs> what was the last Halloween costume you wore? And and on a scale to one to ten, how ridiculous was it? <laughs> it was terrible. So uh, I did. I was told um, my niece who was turning. Four at the time maybe it was when she was turning three i'm not sure i was told uh yeah we're having a party for Paige. um it just happened to be like a day or two before halloween but i didn't think anything about costume wise and then all of a sudden i guess to the day and everyone's like so what are you dressing up as and i'm like oh <laughs> like what am i dressing up, as? dressing up as i was like what is there to wear that i never wear and i just looked at my gi and i was like yes and i put the gi oh and I went like full fright. Man, I, was, I was just about to say that. Um, well, before that, I before that I went as a well. This was like years and years and years ago. Before I even started training, one of the guys who ended up convincing me to start training, Carl Brady. I went there to a gig with him, 
and we both ended up getting our like faces done by my auntie who does like makeup professionally and we got like just like some sort of skull stuff done but whatever was in this the stuff that went on me i had an allergic reaction to it and my forehead and my nose started swelling up to the point where like i couldn't breathe out of my nose and stuff and i had to we just like we just kept making a joke about it saying that it was facey swelliness it was a bad case of facey swelliness but uh yeah, it was all right in the end. I just had to, I think it was like the henna that was in the makeup or something like that. I had an allergic reaction to it. So I think I'm allergic to henna. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, a great, that's a great way to find out. That, that's a great way to find it out. Well, no, I found out years before when I was on holidays in Turkey as a kid and I got a henna tattoo of like a yin yang on my bicep. And then it ended up just like scabbing, becoming really weird and red. And for like a year later, my tan kind of remained, but there was just a white patch of a yin yang. So it was as if I got like scarification done or something like that. But uh, that was when I found out about the henna allergic reaction. I didn't know henna was in the makeup that I was getting that day. (laughs) (laughs) Man, uh, do you speak any other languages? God, Jesus. Um, I fail. I got an NG in French in school. Did not like French whatsoever. I didn't try to do it. I didn't even know why I did it, to be honest. Um, Irish, I didn't. What's the name? I can What's say, the NG like, again? Uh, no grade. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh yeah, not good. Uh, um, I feel you, man. I, I hate French as well. I, I can't. I can't blame you. I speak like small bits of Irish, but I've actually made way more of an effort to learn Irish over the last like three years than I did in school. In school, I just didn't care about it, but now it's just become a thing where I just want. Just me personally, I just like to have a bit more of it in my. Uh, uh, vocabulary i suppose well to be fair the way they teach it is really stupid like do you need to write down irish stuff in your day-to-day like come yeah. on that's stupid learn it learn it teach oh, how to speak it i didn't it's like language too much either my teacher was just really like i don't know she's <laughs> not the nicest of people and then when it came to the parent teacher me and i wasn't even like i wasn't bad in her class at all but it came to the parent teacher me and then my dad walked up and he was just like hi i'm keith's dad and she just went and just walked out of the room immediately and i was just like so my dad came back and was just like, yeah, she was a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I tell you, well, I tell you something quite hilarious. My feckin', uh, my feckin' leave insert Irish oral. It was on my birthday. I was, I just turned 17 that day. So, and my Irish oral was that day. Your one calls me and she sees it's my birthday. And she softballed me so goddamn much. <laughs> and mind you, this was past Irish, mind you. So... I was softballing, getting softballed in the easier option. I still fucked it up because <laughs> I I was so bad at it. Like, and she, cause she was going so easy at me because my birthday. She was like, like giving me the hand gestures to help me out. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's mad. I didn't get to, didn't have to go to class for most of the day though. So who really won? <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, you won. <laughs> Uh, well, it doesn't matter. You who has uh, their own podcast, bitch. <laughs> yeah! Fuck a mock. I have my podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast about a niche sport in a tiny country. Who's laughing now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I fucking... What's it, uh... Do you have any other martial arts you're interested in besides jiu-jitsu? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just fascinated by a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm still so fascinated with boxing and uh, all this other stuff. I don't uh, don't go to a boxing gym at all. I tr- there's a guy who I actually play Xbox with, uh, Mark Andrew. He trains up north, and he trains with Reese McKee. But um, 
just I remember seeing him posting a few weeks ago that he was doing some online classes during all this COVID stuff, and I just wrote to him. I was like, "Hey, what are you, what are you doing in those online classes? Like, is it pad work? Like, what what are you doing?" He was like, "Oh, I'll send you over some videos if you want." So I've just been kind of doing like little like bits of footworky drills that he's been teaching me, just sending me over videos of, just doing them at the back. I'll send them videos back of me doing them and just tell them to criticize me, shit talk, like to just help me get better <laughs> somehow. So uh, I'm fascinated, but I'm fascinated by a bunch of different martial arts as much as i'm not trying to fucking dive into like taekwondo or anything like that i still feel like there's benefits to take from everything i feel like i've learned a lot about breaking frames down from tai chi not from like uh, ever practicing tai chi but just from some ideas i've learned from tai chi when it comes to like kind of moving with people's movement and kind of like a it's hard to explain i heard something uh great the other day from it was of course from brandon again but he said the source of uh the source of all movement is the unmoved and it's it's a deep one you have to kind of like sit and think about it but it's a i don't know he gets a lot of like weird ideas from tai chi that he applies <laughs> jiu-jitsu as well mm. the uh do you have a favorite historical period like say you had a time machine where would you where would you go first oh I wouldn't have even thought much about this until I seen a video of a Q&A. It was like a scramble Q&A with, um, I don't know if you know Miha Perhovich at all. He's a, a, an excellent brown belt. He does some work for like Keenan Cornelius, and I think he's actually living over in the States right now. But he was asked, oh, okay. would it be his like dream grappling match? And he was just like, oh, probably like, um, oh, oh my God, who did he say? Just any sort of like all, one of these all like Greek philosophers that would have wrestled as well, just to see how his grappling holds up against them. So like I'd like to kind of go back against anyone who has some sort of like, okay, we know for a fact this guy trained, did some sort of grappling. I'd like to just see, okay, how does my jiu-jitsu hold up against like Abraham Lincoln or something like that? I don't know, but like the, the no specific time period really. Mm. See, so, yeah, while we're on the topic of uh, them philosophers, do you have a favorite f- philosophical quote? Um, man. a lot of this stuff is just recited stuff that I just kind of got from Farah Sahabi that he's got from doing all of his study of different philosophers. Um, I like uh, Socrates talks about being proactive as opposed to being reactive to certain things. I feel like there's a, a quote that I have saved in my notes that's just kind of helped me with any of the times that I get mad or frustrated at something stupid. I think over the years I've gotten a bit better at catching myself in those moments and being able to kind of dial it back a bit and be like, great, why, why are you even mad right now? Why are you being angry? And kind of like, I, I like to, like once you become aware of the reactions, it becomes easier to change those reactions, if that makes sense. So if I'm reacting by doing this every time I get frustrated, once I become aware that that's what I'm doing, it becomes a bit easier to catch myself with that. So just the, the idea of being proactive instead of reactive. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense, man. Do you have a favorite music genre? And if so, do you have a favorite song to roll to? Um, oh my God, my playlist is a scary place. It just goes everywhere. It's uh, So when I was coming up, I, I used to like hate rap music and I used to only like listen to like punk and rock music. And then as I got older, I started listening to rap as well. Now I like listen to kind of like chill kind of, not necessarily hip hop kind of sounding, but something with a bit of a beat as well, but still kind of chill that I can kind of move to and like find uh, 
find the rhythm of the song. I, I, I'm not really sure. Like, I, I don't like playing to... I'm not a fan of, like, rolling to, like, super aggressive music, like, super, like, um, metal or anything, although, like, back in the day, I would have listened to some metal as well. I just... I don't like the idea of angry music being the source of, like, uh, just playing in the background while I'm trying to do just do. My playlist could go from anywhere, from, like, Bob Marley to Biggie to some 80s music, like Cutting Crew or, like, the most randomest. Like, people over in Alabama were just like, whose playlist is this? And I'll, I'll just say mine. Like, it's not bad. It's just very strange, the choice of songs that we're, we're going from, like, it might be <laughs> one second, and the next thing it's, like, I don't know, just the, the most random, complete opposite of what that is. And it's, like, tonal whiplash. Tonal whiplash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what's it, Ab? Let's just say uh, when you die, you have to convince St. Peter to let you into heaven. How do you get in there? Now, keep in mind... Once you get past the gates, they can't kick you out. So, you know, you could suplex St. Peter, challenge him to a first score, jiu-jitsu match, anything's on the table. How do you let him get you? Let, how do you get him to let you in? Um, you could just convince him or ask nicely or whatever. I'd probably have to practice <laughs> some of that ironclad wrestling that I learned over in the States and go into go through those gates of legend after hitting a nasty suplex or something. I don't know. Do I go in there a legend or do I go in there frowned upon? Oh, he's that asshole who suplexed Peter. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, they, they'll, that would be my time to you... wrestle. I'm an unexpecting opponent. That, like, if I'm going against another black belt, I tend to just pull guard and be a lazy bastard. But like, that would be my time to wrestle and show my wrestling higher uppers that I'm not a complete pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man, we got a bit of a moral conundrum here, if you're up for it. Let's go. Uh, would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? Oh. <laughs> the the emotional side of me wants to lean towards cancer just because I've had like people in my uh, family who have had it and like they're all fine now. They're fine now, but uh, that's a very selfish answer as well. At the same time, so I don't know. Um, can I see the numbers before well, so I know which is going to help? Well, I don't really think it's selfish to cure cancer. I it, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean, but like it's... Like, I, I get the motivation behind you. Picking that might be selfish, but doing that in and of itself wouldn't be selfish, like in yeah, my opinion. Like, like, they're both it's like, a really good thing to do. But when you're given the choice to help one or the other, then it's kind of a, it's a weird one. Then there's like, there's an answer where like, well, why did I pick this one over that one? Like, why am I getting too emotionally involved in this? Like, what's, I don't know. Well, like, I don't really, I don't, you know, it's just like, I don't really, in my opinion, like say someone like, uh, if someone did get that option, like say they had to press a button, press I, a button to cure cancer, this one to solve I, I world hunger. I think I'd have to go world hunger, to be honest. I think world hunger and then... I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I'll have to err on the world hunger side. I feel like over time we will uh, we will learn to do stuff with the to figure out cancer. And it's like once that kind of once that's been cracked open, they'll like uh, I don't know. But with hunger, if we can just eradicate that immediately, then that just saves a lot of fucking issues right now. Sure, who knows? Maybe one of the hungry kids will grow up and took your cancer, huh? Uh, d- d- there you go. There you go. What if I? What if I just went and? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's I don't know. Schrodinger's cancer. Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's about cancer. 
answer, but that was pretty funny there. <laughs> like, man, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a catch-22 either way. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you do any impressions of anyone? <laughs> oh, it might be good. Oh, now that I'm laughing, I'm probably not going to be able to do it. Hold on one sec. This this comes from the old Kermit impression, but you got to change it up if you want to do this. Okay, guys, I'm here today. I'm very happy to share with you today. <laughs> that's that's all you get. <laughs> A bit of Barnard. So what is that? Here, guys, Bernardo Kermit. I'm here with my friend Gordon Ryan. <laughs> guys, guys, I'm here today. Go high, huge honor for me, guys. Uh, what am I going to... I don't know what to say about Gordon Hein. I don't know, man. He, he's Gordon Hein. <laughs> my, uh, my coach, Brandon, uh, great impression of Hickson. An excellent impression of Hickson. And when we were doing his... Uh, we did a live stream on his YouTube before for some sort... I think it was like... It was actually when uh, Tyson Fury was fighting uh, Deontay Wilder last. And as we were doing this, we realized that one of the other guys who was there who was visiting, Eli Knight, I don't know if you've seen him on YouTube. He hasn't Oh, videos. dude, huge, huge fan of Eli. So it turns out Eli has a really good Mike Tyson impression. So when he's Mike doing his Mike Tyson impression, we're just like, wait, can we have a little like argument here between Tyson and Hickson? So we did that. Oh. We put it up on YouTube. I think if you just type in Hickson versus Tyson, you'll get it on YouTube. But uh, we did that and it was just fucking excellent. I laughed so hard at it. Oh uh, man, did you ever see that meme of uh of like uh what's it? Um Mike Tyson's girlfriend saying, Could you draw me a bath? And he's like he's drawing a picture of a bath. It's like, okay, I draw you a bath there. <laughs> I, I know uh, I shouldn't be saying this because uh if Mike Tyson hit me with one fucking hand, I'd probably fucking die, but I don't know, man. You have a bit of a speech thing, plus you own tigers, you're a pretty weird man, plus you're in a hangover, so it's fair game, dude. It's fair game. You signed up for this. <laughs> sure. I'll, how about I get Mike Tyson on one time, even though he doesn't do jiu-jitsu. He's like, I'm Mike, Ty- I'm Mike Tyson, man. I don't give a fuck. I own a tiger. <laughs> I own a tiger. <laughs> I own a tiger. I don't need... That was a terrible impression. Uh, see, Let's see. Uh, in your personal opinion, could you pull off a handlebar mustache? Sure. Uh, it's it's country dependent. Not over here in Alabama, they'd encourage it probably. They'd be like, right on, man. <laughs> right on, boy. Nice foot and wristage, man. <laughs> I, that would be uh, like when I went over to Alabama, I started saying y'all as a joke, but now there's times where I used to say yiz and I've replaced it with y'all. It's just become part of my lingo now and it kind of bothers me. How about yimses and yamses? Yimses and yamses. What are yimses and yamses? I hear uh, no, that's like yiz. I I hear some Dublish guys saying that yims and yams is oh jeez oh Dublish my god Dublish um no yiz has been like, it, and transformed into y'all so now I keep saying any of y'all doing whatever it is but I keep saying y'all that's or use the thing that I've taken from barking spiders right over in Alabama they call farts barking spiders so that <laughs> that's them there barking spiders over there. <laughs> Sorry. Why? I, I don't know. Barking spiders? Or I've heard, like, fucking someone fired, and then Brandon was just like, speak to me, yo toothless one. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's the movie twe- uh, Teeth, and it's a queef or something, then it isn't a toothless one. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. 
Oh, I, I don't care. You're don't never care, gonna dude. watch the movie if you watch the trailer. <laughs> uh, no, let's let's not. I I, I I'd rather I there's some things I don't want to see before I die. That's one of them. How about how about you don't don't put get your mind off the gutter. <laughs> the, uh, do you prefer Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Mortal Kombat, definitely Mortal Kombat. My man. You did like the, uh, what's, the, what's the number? What's the number one thing on you? God damn man, I so much fuck it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have eaten before the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do it all the fucking time. I can't. I, it's fucking. I hate. I hate doing this. What's that? Uh, the number one thing in your bucket list? Oh. Oh my god. Um. I have to write a book list after this, won't I? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to give an obvious answer like meet a certain jiu-jitsu person or something like that. Um, oh, going blank here. Um, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, all I do is do okay. a game. That's pretty much it. Jiu-Jitsu game and then, like, bits of fucking striking stuff out in the backyard and, and some kitchen moves as well. Kitchen moves, you have to make kitchen moves uh, as possible. It's an art in itself. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, man, that sounds like a complete life to me, so I'll fuck bucket lists in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too driven by, like, material stuff, to be honest. Like, even... Uh, I don't know, I, li- I like being inside as well. I've definitely been making an effort to get outside because, like, we've been forced to stay inside. But, like, uh, I'm, uh, I like keeping, I don't know, like my own space as well. I, I don't know. Definitely, yeah. I haven't put much time into a bucket list. There, man. I'm f- fucking tired of shit. So, man, uh, do, do you believe in aliens? Yeah, but, like, it's more of a just, like, there's, there's no way anyone can tell me and take a hard stance that, no, they're not real. I'm not saying they're some, like, big-eyed, green-headed motherfuckers, but, like, no one can just, like, say that. Oh, yeah, I've searched the entire universe. You're good. It's just us. Just us and cockroaches. Mm. Mm. I'd have to say But what? Ah, you know. Sure, I'm open to it. Wouldn't mind some proof. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be nice. I've seen the memes and it's like aliens in a group sitting back and they're just like, oh, we're up next, boys. I'm nervous. <laughs> 2020. About to hit us even harder. Man, I hate this fucking year. I can just... The worst fucking year ever. It's... it's it, the, the Rona has taken everything from me. The Rona did... Everything, like, everything, everything I care about. At the same time, when, it, like, when the Rona was first kind of coming about, I was in Alabama already. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm living in a gym at the time. I still live in, like, I still stay in, like, some of the other houses as well. But, like, I'm basically living in a gym. So I get up, I work, I just get to train, and that's it. I don't have to travel to get to train. So then when lockdown happens, it means the gym's now closed. But now when I thought it was going to be just me and the gym, Brandon and Lindsay and Scaff are like, okay, right, well, we're going to lock ourselves in the gym, and we're all going to stay in the gym. There's enough rooms for all of us, so we did that. So I ended up like, while everyone else was kind of like, oh, I can't train, I was still stuck there, locked down with like three black belts, 
and just able to get some like good training in still every day so now is like where it's really starting to hit me that like now I'm like okay right I need to come up with some other way of getting this extra training in because I'm just not it just feels weird being at home as much as I like being at home it's still jiu-jitsu does kind of keep you sane keeps you stops me from getting as frustrated as the little petty things as well so I've just been forcing myself to just get out just like leave my phone inside for even like five minutes, ten minutes, no set, no set time. Just going out and just trying to like just not think about the phone, just trying to be present for that bit. And I feel way better about the day. But it would be nice to have gyms open because I'm really fucking missing that, to be honest. Mm. See, so, uh, would you rather have super strength or super speed? And no, you can't say, well, that they're good, but I'd rather have healing powers because everyone says that. <laughs> uh, super speed, super strength, or super speed. Um. I think I'd go for super speed because I'm a man of efficiency. Like I just like making things more efficient. If I could eat dinner off of a paper plate every day, I would. That's that's the dream because I could just fold it up, chuck it in the bin. Like I don't want to have to like. I just want it to be as like. Oh, I just think uh, speed will get things done faster, whereas strength will just get things done. I don't know if it'll get things done faster. It'll get things done like uh, worse. Maybe. It might get things done quicker, but it'll you'll make a shit job of it. But it could be a genie sort of job where, like, yeah, you've got super strength, but you don't really have full control over it. You don't even know how much strength you're about to use sort of thing. Like, am I getting just, like, am I, do I have full control of the strength, or is it just going to be a little, like, super strong? But you no, you can control. Okay, right, well then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still going to go speed. Uh, you've, you've full control over either of these. It's, it's not like a monkey paw, which you, you can control both of them. I need a... Uh, yeah, I think speed. Speed, definitely. See, if you could teleport anywhere in the world right now, would you? I'm guessing you teleport back to Alabama. Decatur, Alabama, 100%. Decatur, Alabama. Um, I love, I, I love the training there too much, and I love the, I don't know, I love the environment. It's, it's hard to replicate. It's very hard to replicate that place. That place is a hidden gem of the jiu-jitsu world. I highly recommend that anyone who ever gets to travel to the states and you're going to be around the south, Alabama come true you'll be welcomed with open arms and you'll love the training and instruction hmm. do you have a favorite serial killer favorite serial killer um i will say this till the day i die i fucking love the zodiac he never got caught bitches and he'd always taunt the police so he was the, he was the best one the zodiac killer the zodiac killer was the man i'll look into the zodiac killer after this um Does it Bronson be count as a killer? Does Charles Bronson count as a killer? Um, I don't know. Like, how, you could, how about fictional serial killers as well? Just oh. so we have a... Well, let's just yeah. add that in. Fictional serial killers. Like Dexter or something. Um, That's what our dog is named after, actually. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the laboratory guy. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I do like Dexter's laboratory as well. Um... Oh, Jesus. Wait, what was the question again? What was, what was the question? Your favorite serial killer. Oh, um, <laughs> I've never been asked my favorite serial killer before. This is a... Uh, By the way, you're just like crasping your head like something bad. I know, I'm just trying to think. Just like, this is such an odd question to ever be asked. Like, who's... <laughs> Which was your favorite murderer? Oh, well, I'd have to say in my top five, I'd probably... <laughs> well, how about I give you my top five? Okay, number five was uh, <laughs> fucking the Golden State Killer. 
because he had a very good way of of making sure the hostages stayed like <laughs> like uh, cooperative. Like he tied them up and put plates on top. So if he heard any jingle jangly, he's like, "Oi!" Yeah. <laughs> if I hear any, if I hear any plates jangling, or if I hear them breaking, I'll fucking kill you all. Um. Oh my god, who else? Just trying to even think of movies or something. I like automatically. Uh, I wanted Bundy to go the Joker, but I didn't really like the Joker as the. Okay, no, that's not true. I was about to say I didn't like the Joker as a serial killer esque Joker. I just preferred the Joker as a more like let's put a smile on everyone's face. I love the all like kind of a, a Mark Hamill Joker style Joker. So that's not really serial killery at all. That's more just make everyone have a fake smile. Um, I did. I want to say Bronson just because of the. It is, did you ever see the video of him getting, or uh, Tom Hardy is getting, I mean, did you ever see the movie with Tom Hardy in it, Bronson? I saw about half of it. Uh, not that the movie's like anything fantastic, like there's a few funny bits, but uh, Tom Hardy is doing some interview and he's just getting asked, uh, he was saying that uh, while they were recording that movie, he kept getting phone calls off of uh, some number that was in prison, some number that was in prison and eventually he answered it and he just hears Bronson on the other line going, ah, I've got you. And he just starts like kind of talking to Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy's like going through a breakup and basically starts getting therapy 101 from uh, from Bronson. But he has like just a really like good quote at the end of it that like I re- respect to that man. I don't know how heinous the act you did were, but he said some smart stuff. <laughs> oh man, you know something funny? See, uh, when the movie was going down, like uh, he looked at Tom Hardy, he's like, man, I don't know about him. And then he's Tom Hardy's like, okay, uh, We'll have a, I'll see you in like a few. He's like, we'll have another meeting in like a week. And so Tom Hardy, like, uh, he picked up Bronson's book about like working out and shit. And one of them said like do a thousand sit ups every day. So Tom Hardy did that every day for a week. You could see the the, the difference. And then when they came back to reconvene for the week, he was to, Bronson looked. He's like, okay, I can I can see uh I can see potential here. <laughs> And then when he he then when he finally got into the right shape that uh, Bronson deemed worthy, he shaved off his mustache, put it in a bag, and gave it to Tom Hardy. He's like, "You, uh, I give you my mustache." <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> he he, be- he he bequeathed his mustache to Tom Hardy. Damn. I hope someday. You are Bronson. You are Bronson yeah. now. I I want someone to bequeath their mustache to me someday. Like, there's a guy I trained with in Alabama, Chuck, he's a brown belt. I want to, like, defensively be as good as him someday and then have him be like, you know what, it's time for you to take these handlebars. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Do you have any phobias? Oh. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't even a phobia of mine there. Immediately, I just went, uh, I started thinking of, have you ever seen Hardy books? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen much of it though. Well, what's his name? Owen Colgan's asked at one point. He's just like, "Money for money, afraid of three things: the dark, spiders, and Polish hard men." And uh, I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> Wait, what? What was the third one? Dark spiders and po- like so, like just Polish lads walking around who are just like walking around kind of hard men. And he just said, "Those are the three things he fears in life." The dark spot, the <laughs> so that just popped into my head as soon as you asked me about phobias. Uh, I don't, I don't really. Um, not that I can think of. Although I also live in Ireland, where once I went over to America, it was like, oh, if I go hiking, I can run into snakes. I can run into this and that. Uh, um, a, a mountain, a mountain lion for your trouble. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it, Lindsay was talking to me. She was like, yeah, I was going to go out for a hike. And then I seen her a few hours after she was supposed to go for a hike. And I was like, how'd the hike go? And she was like, oh, we were going to go. Lost connection. Oh, there we go. She was like, oh, no, we were going to go. But then we ran into a snake. So we ended up going out on a, out paddling instead on the on, in the boats, on the dragon boat. And I was like, all right, cool. And then she was just like, yeah. But then we went inside because I seen another uh, snake in the water. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I, that would be enough for like anyone in Ireland to hear and be like, yeah, nope, never going out ever again, ever. That and the mosquitoes ate me alive. I'm not afraid of mosquitoes now, to be honest. Or maybe I just have this absolute psychotic hatred for them. But I'm oh mosquitoes, can't stand them. Uh, you know, be you know, be awesome if they they went into the paddling thingy, then they saw an alligator. Like, okay, no, then they went back on the lounge. They saw a mountain lion. Like. Well, can we not fucking go anywhere without there being a wild animal somewhere? No, it doesn't phase them. They're Americans. They're just like, we'll just get another gun. <laughs> uh, did you hear about that guy who fucking choked out a mountain lion? I heard that was fake, right? Wasn't that faked? Say what? I heard, well, I, I could be wrong. I just, I remember there was stories going around joking, saying that Joe Rogan was after choking out a mountain lion and all this kind of but stuff. I, it, it wasn't Joe Rogan, it was a different guy. Oh, no, this was like a year ago or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't read a huge amount onto it. I just seen a bunch of jiu-jitsu people sharing it, being like, yes, see, it works. <laughs> it, it, works on, it works on felines. It works on felines. <laughs> that feline was having a bad no, day. No, while we're on the top... While we're on the topic of fake jujitsu videos, did you ever see that video of a guy like this dude with a machete swings at a cop? The cop catches him and fucking hip tosses him. That mm. video was fake. That was a training exercise. And like, I said that to someone, and he's like, "Man, that's fucking bullshit." But then I I sent him the link of the original video, and it was proven. He's like, oh, "Okay, it's fake." <laughs> Like, your man had a gun, and your man cha- charged him with a machete. I'm like, I don't think that's the time to use jiu-jitsu. I think that's the time yeah. to fucking shoot him. Just, just, just a thought. Fuck. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's madness. You know. Just um, coach is the king of fake news jiu-jitsu. He, like, when he, I've seen him, when he came over to Ireland, I've seen him go up against some, like, good purple belts, and he literally started to roll off by turning his back to them and just scooting towards them backwards with his back exposed. And then they'd get on his back, and then he'd just be laughing. Like, not actually laughing, but, like, he's just... He's so defensively brilliant that like he just doesn't care. He'll let he'll he'll let you break mentally by giving you everything and watching you fail at everything, and then he starts to work. It's horrible. <laughs> Absolute fake that, news. That's some that's that's some Sun Tzu shit, Art of War stuff. He's he's big into so here's how much of a weirdo he is, right? He was telling me he, he there was this audio book he sent me. It was um it was like the it wasn't the Art of War, but it was something along those lines. It was the the Tau of so I can't remember, but um, he was just like okay, was it so, the power of Tau thinking or something? Something like that. I think I, I'm not 100 sure, but he was just like, uh, so what I've been doing. He was sending me some sentences every now and then that he was like liking from it. He was like, dude, I, I feel like it's actually helping my jujitsu. And then he was like, yeah, I think I'm a crazy person. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but you're doing pretty good, so it's all right. But um, then he was telling me that as he's rolling, he's just picking one sentence from this book and he's just rolling just with one sentence in mind, not necessarily thinking of this move, that move. He's just thinking of that one sentence over and over again. Whether that's going to help him or not, I don't fucking know. I'm going to let him do his experiment and then I'm going to hear what his findings are. But uh, yeah, that's that's how much of a weirdo he is. Mm. So yeah, what's this? What's the most valuable relationship advice you can offer to all the single leggers out there? <laughs> all the single leggers. <laughs> all the single leggers. All the single leggers. 
Um, <laughs> I had a friend who was like, he was going through a bad breakup just over a year ago, and he was like super depressed over it, and was like just like miserable, and thought this was the end of the world. And eventually, I was just like, so you come into training on uh, Monday? He was just like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna choke you, right? And he's just like, yeah, probably. And I was just like, okay, is is that girl gonna help you escape my choke? He was like, no. I was like, okay, right. When someone eventually builds a, builds a gold statue in your honor, is it gonna be because of that girl? He was like, no. And I was like, yeah, well, maybe we should get our priorities straight here and like not be spending time. It was just like. A young fucking, I don't know, heartbreak. It was just, he's over. He has a new girlfriend now, and he's just happier than ever. But like at the time, he was just like stuck in that. So don't get too caught up in that bullshit, and make yourself happy. Be able to make yourself happy before you start thinking that some random girl's gonna come along and just change your life and make you super happy. Maybe that happens, but you probably need to make mm. yourself happy first. See mm. ya. Uh, what's this for? Sorry, fucking wreck tired. I, I, I was, I sleep, go to sleep at like three in the morning, and I got woken up at six, and then I was just like tossing and turning for, for like six hours. Of the weirdest sleeping pattern. Nah, fucked up. So yeah, if you could have any car from a movie, what would it be and why? And no, you can't pick the DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> um. Everyone picks that fucking car. I'm sick of this. Just for joke's sake, and this is only like a really inside joke, it's a 10 planet inside joke, but um, you know, with 10 planet people throw up their 10s and stuff all the time after they compete, they throw up the little like one zero like this. Well, it's actually backwards on my webcam, mm. so there's the 10 zero one. If you throw it up backwards and it's a zero one, it's called the General Lee, and it's actually named after the car in uh, the old Dukes of Hazard uh, series that was called the General Lee, and it had a zero one on it. I actually think that might have had a Confederate flag on it. That's probably not a good character desire. Yeah, yeah prob- it had one on top. Uh, yeah, we should probably leave that out of it. But just for the general Lee side of it, and just so like I could just start like picking up all the like wrong way tenors, I can uh, start like making a general Lee army as well. General Lee instead. Instead. I bet they call this the tenor over in Ireland. That, I have no idea. No idea. Sure. <laughs> Gang signs. Got- Yo. East side is the best. West, <laughs> West side, side is the best. best. East, sorry, East side that's is the best. West side crazy. is the best. It's like, that's from Ali, Ali G. I like, heard of Ali G at all. I was like, oh, you poor guys. West side is the best. West side is the best? Uh, that was underrated. So yeah, what's it? What would you describe as your weirdest quirk? Weirdest quirk. Um... Maybe how obsessive I can be with my own little, like, let's say I compete and I have, like, some video, whether I won or lost, I'll watch over that obsessively for, like, I'll watch the same clip over and over and over and over and over and over again to the point where, like, previous girlfriends have been like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just competition stuff. Gotta, gotta fix this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine. That, I'm fine. That, just just analyzing. Just going, going insane, seeking excellence in jujitsu. I suppose I don't know. Mm. See, what would you describe as your spirit animal? Oh, spirit animal, Jesus. Um, I want to say a slot, but at the same time, I also feel monkeyish at times. So I think I'll have to. I think probably, probably a monkey. Oh <laughs> uh, well, man, humanities. Uh... 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. Human chimpanzee. Yeah. That's uh, the it's male dean. <laughs> good combination. Scary combination. <laughs> Something capable of ripping your balls off, but he's got way more emotion, emotional like baggage to like taint his uh, decision making. That's terrifying. Uh, see, a humanity can fucking kill you and feel bad about it later. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> mm, humanity shouldn't have smashed. <laughs> uh, man, have you ever been on a really terrible date? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, oh my god, so uh, have you ever seen a fatal attraction? Uh, yeah, I only seen right. that, that one clip. Not I've necessarily, that one clip. but there's a, they say bunny boiler in that movie, right? That's where the, to- the term bunny boiler came about, I think, and it just refers to someone who. Let's say you there was this girl who was a bit crazy about you, and as you tried to get your distance, eventually she cooked and made some like rabbit stew out of your pet rabbits or something like that. Like just a weirdo who's just over the top who will probably show up at your gaff someday. But uh, I was out and I used to work in retail, and when I was working in retail, we were having this like big night out where all the people working with me were supposed to be going out to a certain pub, and then meeting at a certain nightclub after that. So we end up at the pub and we're all sitting around drinking. Then like one by one, two by two, people start walking over and leaving to go to the nightclub until it's just a few of us left. And then there's about five or six of us who start walking over together. And this girl who I was working with at the time who was twisted, like on double vodkas and Ribena immediately as soon as we got out there and just kept fucking hammering them down. As we're walking, we get to this crossroads in Drada. It's just like, a so it, we have to keep going straight if we want to get to this nightclub where we're supposed to be meeting everyone. And I had already told everyone, I'm not going to be out too long because I'm working early in the morning. I'll come out, show my face, have a drink. That's it. So as we're walking up this road, uh, the few people who are walking up are just a bit ahead of us. This girl drags me and starts dragging me towards the taxi rank, which is going in the other direction. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then we get up and we're just beside the taxi rank and beside a taxi as well. And she just goes, hold my bag and turn around. And I was like, what and she's like hold my bag and turn around so i grab her bag i turn around and i just hear and she's just squatting down there and she's just like fucking pissing in front of the taxi basically so she i give her the bag and i'm just like oh my god i have to get her home and while this is happening i'm texting one of my friends who lives in the town being like i am stuck right now and i need some help because i knew he just literally sent me back a voice message of him and all the boys going ah laughing at me <laughs> <laughs> but basically uh i was just trying to get her into a taxi to get her home and then uh she's just like right come on we're going to the nightclub and i was like oh my god so we get in and she just tells the taxi driver to go to a different nightclub and i'm like no no, no we're going to this one and the taxi driver takes off that's driving towards it and i'm like no we're supposed to be going to this nightclub and then she, as we're pulling up she's like oh you can meet my dad and i was like what <laughs> and she's like yeah but you're gonna have to tell him you're my boyfriend i was like i'm not telling him i'm your boyfriend so we go up anyway turns out her dad is the bouncer of the fucking place and as soon as i want to give her a fake name here let's just call her avril right because it's close enough but um <laughs> as we go up she's just like dad this is my boyfriend keith and i was like i'm, I'm not her boyfriend and then he just goes oh for fuck's sake avril you're fucking drunk again <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> So 
we go inside and as we go inside i'm just like right here you sit down in here by the smoking area i'm gonna get you a drink of water and i go over and i start trying to get her water and i'm talking to her dad and he's apologizing to me as this is going down and then as i walk back out with a glass of water there's like little drops of other people's drinks on the tables that she's reaching for and grabbing and just like downing and some random woman comes over to her and she's yeah. just good. Avril, do you remember me from last weekend? And we had this conversation then too. And I was like, oh no, this is terrible. So eventually after about an hour of just like her being a complete annoyance, I eventually convinced her to get into a taxi with someone who's friends of her dad's who knew where she lived as well. So she gets sent on and I'm just like, right, okay, text me and text me tomorrow or something. And then she starts ringing nonstop, texting me, and I just turn my phone off as I'm going home. I'm just like, I'm not dealing with this. I, I just got, I, I think I woke up the next morning and I had like 36 missed calls, and I had like a bunch of texts calling me every name under the sun. You junkie, this, like just every single name you could think of. And then a text from, like, there's a few hours gap of nothing from her at all. And then there's a text the next morning saying, I'm so sorry about last night. I can't even remember what happened. And I was like, you're not getting away with that that easily. So I wrote exactly what fucking happened in the text. And I was like, yeah, don't fucking talk to me except for like anything in work that you need done. Other than that, don't talk to me ever again. So yeah, bunny boy. Oh, God. Fucking hell, man. That was an, that was an epic fucking tale. Yeah, Jesus. Wasn't yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, you wanted a, you wanted a weird date. That's, that's probably the weirdest date. It wasn't even supposed to be a date. But we were kind of like talking in like a slightly like flirtatious way in the build up to that. And then all of a sudden, I was like, yep, nope, never. Not happening. <laughs> like, man, just fucking... Oh, God. I, I can't even go into words how fucking crazy that woman sounds. Yeah. Jesus. Insane. 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 And, like, since then, they're <sighs> in, like, different shots. Like, she works in a chemist. Well, she did work in a chemist for a while. And I remember I went in one Christmas, and they were like, do you want us to wrap that present for you? And I was like, nah, you're all good. I'll take that. And I just took it. I was like, I'm not staying in this shop any longer than I have to be. Good, man, because you don't want that psycho shit coming back to you. No, thanks. Bunny boiler. Can't be out there. No, man. Uh, man, what second last question? Don't worry, we're nearly done. What's uh, what myth- mythical creature do you wish existed? Wish existed. Oh. Like big Bigfoot or Loch Ness monster or something. Hmm. Why do I want to try grapple Bigfoot automatically when you say that? God damn it! Um, big, big Footlock. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it. Uh, I don't. I'd probably break my own arm trying to footlock his leg or something. How big is Bigfoot? Mm. Never know. Um. Bigfoot. I don't know, something, uh, just something from like some Greek or ancient mythology that has like some sort of form of human body as well, or some partly human body, and let's just scrap, see what happens. <laughs> Unless it's the, the or something, I don't want them like horse stamping all over my head or something. I don't know. What about the Minotaur? It's just a bullhead. Mi- oh, mm, d- mm, yeah, I'd have to. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I'd have to go with Minotaur. That's probably like 
as much as I want to say I have a good chance against him, it's probably my best chance in terms of like. Uh, yeah, you could do. You could just heel hook the Minotaur, then he couldn't do shit. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Okay, last question. If you became president of Earth, what's the first law you'd enact? Like first thing you do. Do you say president of the world or president of Ireland? Doesn't matter. President yeah. of the world. I would lo- I would put something in schools in across everywhere, like in America where they've got their folk style wrestling. So I just put some sort of like mandatory jiu-jitsu or wrestling in schools, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like you have to do it for your whole school semester but there should be a you you're not going to make it through you're not going to get to this year without at least knowing this this and this or something um like over in america it was weird when i went to like a proper wrestling gym there was some at the end i was drilling with some like mma fighter so i knew them and we had like it was we had fun drilling but then once it got to the, the wrestling part we were separated by weight class and then i've got like a few guys who were just like oh where do you wrestle and i'm like here as of like today this is my first day it was like i've done jiu-jitsu for a few years but i've no wrestling experience and then the first two guys i was able to like hold my own against with like just kind of overhook based game and kind of some judo sort of stuff i was doing but the third guy i went against who was in my weight class the chap's about 15 right and he absolutely just out wrestled me as soon as he went for a low single like as soon as i tried to counter it was just his follow-ups were just so clean and afterwards i was like how long are you training and he was like oh wrestling 10 years i was like god damn this kid's been wrestling since he was five and like i'm here 20 about to turn 26 getting manhandled by this kid and wrestling like fair enough i could always use to like oh well if it was jujitsu i could have but like it's I, i would love if uh just getting to see how the wrestling classes were, seeing kids and how well they moved grappling was as like a, like kids tend to pick up stuff fast anyway, a lot of the time, but they just seemed to move so well. They were doing like posi- like uh, positional stuff, controlling from turtle, but their hands had to stay behind their back and they had to control from here, just keeping like good uh, pinching on the person's legs and stuff like that. It was just like the control and positioning they had was better than anything I've ever seen out of like a, a jiu-jitsu program for like a like a kid that age in Ireland. Anyway, I just wish it was more of a an, an enforced thing. Even if it was wrestling, if it was like I don't know something as I heard Faraz Zahavi talking about, like you need boxing or wrestling or something like that to cultivate a toughness. I don't think a lot of kids in our country get to do that. Mm-hmm. So guys, we've uh, we've reached the end of the podcast, and uh, if you wanna. Uh, reach out to Keith on Instagram. It's at Keith underscore Cav- underscore Kavanagh. So Keith, no, do you want to say anything before before we shoot up? Or uh, oh, I thought it was underscore. Sorry, everyone has a fucking underscore in their name, so I just I just assumed. <laughs> but like, do you have anything you want to say before we shoot off? Uh, no, thanks for having me, Andrew. That was that was a bit of crack. That was fun to just talk jujitsu for a while and talk absolute brown as well on the side. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys.